There we go. Now it's working. I lied. See how I am. Um, we're going to have the orientation for... They're laughing back there. Um, we're going to have the orientation for anyone who hasn't had it. There's been a couple of weeks that we said we're going to, but next week, I mean it. Um, there, some of you have been you know, sporadically here and there, so we'll, we'll do that next week. So. Um, I'm here to talk about giving up. And I don't even know where to start. Um, every week, it seems like our lesson it doesn't just apply to my life it is my life the week that I took my niece to court trying to gain custody of her children was about my enemies attacking me I mean it was not me but in you know in in Isaiah was what it was about and how God will avenge and um, something really interesting happened over our Christmas break but I want to give you a little background before I tell you what happened this is not about me or any of my losses, and I know a lot of people feel sorry for me when they hear, but don't, because God has a perfect and beautiful plan for every life involved. Um, the March of 2012, my mom had um, had to have some surgery that was, for her, for her condition, um, it was life-threatening. That was the last day I saw my sister Kathy. My brothers and sisters had had... Um, crises and everything that had kept them apart and that day every one of us all seven of my mother's children attended the hospital and waited and waited for her to be okay from surgery the next morning my sister Kathy who is a believer um, died of a heart attack five weeks later my nephew died in a car accident that we now find was a carjacking and he intentionally killed himself and tried to kill the people that were attacking him. Five months later, my brother, who was also a believer, died of mesothelioma when we were all at his side. And then last May of 2013, my mother passed shortly after her 85th birthday, and we were mostly all there to walk her home and see the peace on her face as she went to be with Jesus. And then again, in late August, my stepfather passed away. So we had five deaths in our family in a period of a year and a half. And at the same time, we acquired my niece's children and were trying to care for them because my niece is not mentally or physically able to. All of that being said, loss was not what I needed over the holidays, right? So I didn't even pick up my lesson, I will confess, um, to work on it until after this all occurred. But on Sunday, January 5th, 2014, I received a phone call from my husband, and he said, Honey, you'd have to know my husband. He's very prideful. If his arm is cut off, he will not ask for a Band-Aid. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, he called and he said, Honey, please don't tell the kids. He was in Atlanta for training. He's a pilot for Delta Airlines. He said, I'm going into the emergency room. I think I have pneumonia. And as you know, I'd had a slight case of pneumonia before Christmas, if you were here. And I said, oh, well, that's a great idea. I won't tell them. Go in. So by midnight, I began texting him, thinking the kids were going back to school. I, I think. I don't remember. Yeah, January 5th. Thinking the kids were going back to school the next day. So I didn't bother them. But I prayed, and I called him around midnight. I texted him until finally, by 1230, he was able to get out of bed because he wasn't able to walk and get into a cab from the hotel and go to the hospital and 
had he not done that, the doctors said at 3.30 in the morning they admitted him, he had um, bilateral pulmonary embolisms. For those of you who don't know, that means a blood clot in each lung. And he's in a simulator all day getting ready to fly airplanes. So I went on, life is normal, found out even more that it had started back in the summer when he had a pain in his leg and we didn't see it. September came and he was having some chest pains and shortness of breath. We figured that was anxiety over court case with the girls. And um, the doctor, he went to a cardiologist, a great cardiologist, never found anything. And um, just started having this, this heaviness in his chest and that's what it was, pulmonary embolisms. It began in his leg and just moved through his body, dislodged, and he had 100% blockage in his left lung, no oxygen whatsoever getting to it, which also began to enlarge his heart. And then in the right side, only one-third of the oxygen he needed. So the doctor said, if you had gone to sleep, Mr. Goodman, that night, you would not have woken in the morning. So the next day I get up and decide I should start my Bible study. (laughs) And guess what the lesson was? Hezekiah. And his almost death experience. So I, of course, texted my husband a few things about it and all that. But um, I wanted to tell you, I went went on with life like it was, you know, like I was, I couldn't get down there. It was the snowstorm week. So my in-laws were in Florida. They drove up. My mother-in-law is a registered nurse. She's retired. So they were there with him the whole nine days he was in the hospital. But um, I communicated with him mostly by text because it was hard for him to talk on the phone with his breathing and everything. Um, I started noticing changes in some things he said to me, though. Like, I had something I was worried about one day, and he's a compulsive worrier, too. So I, and I, I don't know, typically worry. You know, I'm pretty happy and cracking jokes all the time. But he said, um, honey, you need to turn that over. And I thought, where did he hear that? I mean, you know, my husband was not a believer. So he had heard me, and he'd been raised in the church, but he, he didn't go to a church where they talk like that. He, he just, you know, that was totally new to him. It, it was, you know, Jesus-ease or whatever, just a different language. And then um, there was a little disagreement kind of between his parents and I about when he's coming home or how he's getting there or whatever, just because we all cared and thought we knew the best. And he described that to me as warfare and the enemy attacking. So finally... <laughs> The next morning I was up really early and I texted to see if he was up and for about two hours we just had this text conversation and I said, Tom, what has happened? And he said, I had a little talk with Jesus. And I want you people to know (laughs) that for 19 years I've waited for my husband to turn his life over to Christ and I know that many of you women are waiting for loved ones And I waited for my mother until she was 70. But my husband said, I said, what did you say in this talk? You know, did you get saved? And he's like, well, I don't know. This is what happened. And the more that he he tells me, (laughs) he told me this morning not to worry about something. Linda's like, what's wrong with that? I'm like, my my husband said, don't worry. (laughs) I mean, he sits like this all the time. (laughs) It's, It's just unbelievable. So anyway, he said that he had a talk with Jesus. He told Jesus that he was sorry for anything that he had ever done and to forgive him. He thanked him for saving his life. He asked him to watch over the kids and I if something were going to happen to him. And he said, Jesus, I want to take every worry and every single care that I have, and I want to give it to you right now. 
And I tell you what, my worry wart husband is a new man. <laughs> because he got he got home, his recovery is is absolutely 100% they think he's going to recover. He'll be able to fly airplanes again. He took such good care of himself beforehand, taking precautions for blood clots, um, you know, even compression socks and all that in the airplane that it's just was a fluke that this happened, but they they expect him to to recover 100% physically. So, um, now he's recovered spiritually. <laughs> and um, when he came home, I said, "Honey, let's tell the kids what happened while you were gone." And my husband is the opposite of me, very, very quiet. And he said, um, I said, did you have a little talk with Jesus? And he said, yeah. And I said, what'd you say? And he said, thanks. And I said, <laughs> I said, honey, the kids want to know some more details. And I said, I said, Let, you're going to have to work on your testimony here. You know, people are going to be asking and stuff. And I said, so what, what did you ask Jesus for? And he said, some stuff. <laughs> so we're working on the testimony, but I asked him if if, uh, if I could share his story with you today. And normally he would have been embarrassed and prideful because everyone thought he was a Christian all these years. But he said, I think that would be great. He said, I, I would be honored to, to let the ladies know what God can do in in lives. So it's made such a change in him. I asked him what the biggest change is, just like I asked my mom. And I never told him I asked my mom. And he said, I have peace. And that's just so incredible. We're talking about a, a, a man, first of all, but, but a, a prideful man um, and a man who doesn't, like, doesn't allow himself mistakes. He's such a perfectionist. And, and that's a good thing to have being his... Um, his employment his job we we want a perfectionist in the cockpit but the first day the first day i let him drive we went into flint for um to drop off some papers at the pulmonologist he was going to see and he went to turn around because we were being nosy um driving real slow looking at things that we shouldn't have been when we should have been focusing because it was a really bad day um as far as the snow and um he drove to turn around and the car got caught on a snowbank but it wasn't just a snowbank it was an ice bank got caught right up on it and he couldn't I, I said you put on your oxygen I'm going to get out and look and he would just right away instead of saying I can do this or anything he called AAA and he stayed in that car the whole time which for him is is a miracle <laughs> but but he did that and then our furnace went out and he just got more blankets and he said do you think you could bring up the heater from downstairs and I said sure and that was it. So he is definitely a new man. I'm already seeing so much fruit in his life, and it is just such a blessing. And I just want to encourage you ladies to never give up, because God never gives up, never gives up. Um, from that lesson, the, the, um, the one thing that stood out to me that week that we had that 16th lesson about Hezekiah was actually the passage about Paul that we read in 2 Corinthians, which says that, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, and he was weak, <laughs> my husband was weak, then I am strong. That's such a hard thing to comprehend but once you've been there you know 
And aren't you glad that we have Christ to make us strong?